This is Prep Spotlight on 740 The Fan and 740thefan.com. Henningsgard for the win of the title. Yes! Yes! Hey, Henning! Hey, Henning! And Hillsborough, Chaco Valley are the state champions. Can you believe it? Chase Miller and Brad Anderson will give you the lowdown on high school athletics up and down the Red River Valley. Vikings headed to the north end zone. It's second and goal from the six-yard line. Lingen back to throw. Fade route, left side, end zone. Benson, got it. Touchdown, Vikings. They're looking for the deep ball down the middle. One headed grab. Oh, it's Little who plays big for a 35-yard touchdown. This is Prep Spotlight. Y'all ready for this? And welcome to the first edition of Prep Spotlight here on 740 The Fan, KNFL Fargo. Glad you're joining us after the UND Coaches Show here on a Wednesday night on 740 The Fan. Chase Miller and Brad Anderson in the studio with you. And, well, happy middle of the week as we're ending towards the end of the week now with Thursday and Friday around the corner. College football is around. NFL football is around. The Minnesota Twins and the FM Redhawks are trying to make playoff runs. But we're going to talk high school athletics. That's what Prep Spotlight is all about. We're going to try to get to as many coaches, players, schools, teams, sports in a half hour as possible. It's going to be a rapid hour, kind of like the Jack Michael show. It's a rapid half. That's a rapid hour. This is going to be a rapid uh, half hour. And Brad, uh, glad to be tag teaming with you on this uh, endeavor. Yes, this is, uh, I don't say groundbreaking stuff because we try to follow the prep stuff as much as we can, but to, to do this on a regular basis and you know, 30 minutes, I don't know if we'll do it justice, but we will do the best we can. There is, there's a lot out there and um, some of it has already kicked off. I mean, we're really a couple of weeks into a lot of sports with uh, uh, with soccer really well underway and uh, nine man football got a head start and everybody else in North Dakota. And, you know, there was, you know, there were some week zero games in Minnesota last week, too, which was kind of neat. So uh, it's here. Uh, basically, you know, we're, we're going to do our best to highlight uh, the games and players that uh, are standing out. And I'm sure there's going to be things. You know, if if we're missing stuff, let us know because mm-hmm. there's a lot out there, and like I said, we can't get to everything, so that's why we need uh, we need some extra eyes and ears from time to time. And the best way to probably do that is either go to our Facebook or Twitter uh, at 7:40 the fan. You can literally just say, "Hey, this coach or player maybe is doing well," or same thing on Facebook. Just leave us a message, and we'll get to it as soon as possible. So pretty much the breakdown of the show in this half hour is Brad and I on the intro segment. We'll just talk about games that happened over the weekend, what we kind of liked uh, to to see certain players to talk about, certain games to talk about. Our our second segment will normally be a guest of a coach, an AD, or a player this week. It's Troy Mathern, who went from Fargo South to Fargo Shanley. Uh, Brad Anderson will have an opportunity to sit down with uh, Coach Mathern and talk to him about the first game with Jamestown and how that transition is going. And then the last part of our segment will be previewing games coming up on Thursday and Friday, whether it's on the volleyball, soccer, uh, maybe we're talking a little girls or boys golf, also football heavy, <laughs> definitely in the fall come Fridays and Saturdays. So that's just show. Uh, this is Prep Spotlight on 740 Fan, Chase Miller, and Brad Anderson. Now that all the hubbub is done, Brad, <laughs> uh, let's kind of recap what you've been doing the last couple weeks. We've had a lot of nine-man football here on our brother station, 104.7 Duke FM. You've seen Hankinson, you've seen Richland, Weimar Lidgewood, and Lamore Lidgewood, Marion. Uh, Region 1, we kind of thought it was going to be pretty good coming into this year, especially with the addition of Thompson uh, from years past, but... Boy, there's some good teams down in that region this year, Brad. I think there's uh, – talking with uh, J- uh, Jason Moneylaws of Hankinson, John Freeman of Richland, guys that have been around here a while, and uh, Jason coached at the Shrine game this year. He was one of the, with the Shrine game this past summer in Grand Forks. And I think 
the sentiment that they get from other coaches around the state from top to bottom, Region 1, is very good. I mean, there's not a lot of weak sisters in that. And Winemere Lidgerwood has looked really strong, and you think they would. 12, 13 seniors, a uh, lot of experience, guys that have played two, three years. Very imaginative offense, creative uh, coach and Scott Stringy and veteran staff. They're going to be good. You know, Thompson rebounded well after, you know, stubbing their toe at Cavalier. That was, I mean, that's a showdown game right away. And a good response winning uh, last week. Mayport CG's off to a 2 0 start. And that might be, if there's maybe a team that could sneak up on somebody that maybe isn't getting in the conversation as much, it might be a Hankinson, but it might be Mayport CG. So there's, uh, there's some. G- very intriguing matchups looming on the horizon in Region 1. There's no doubt about that, and we'll talk more on the Minnesota side of the river once they kind of get going more with the Spuds, the Nuggets, the DGF Rebels as well. But, Brad, a 3A football now. The first polls have been announced for 3A and 2A. And, and I tell you what, the first week in 3A, we <laughs> normally say the West dominates over recent years, but the Beasts from the East, if you want to call them that, have kind of flexed their muscle a little bit here. West Fargo, Cheyenne against Century was the big eye-opener. We saw West Fargo. They had a lot of players that graduated from last year's team, especially up front. They had some skill guys coming back, though, so you knew that they were in good hands in certain areas. Uh, losing Chase Tyken, their all-time leading scorer and running back for the last couple of seasons. They go to Minot. Minot High, always a, a very good football team. They get a win. And, and while the Fargo, Fargo South Bruins, they go to Williston, they pick up a W their first game without Troy Mather. So anything surprise you there in Week 1 and 3A, Brad? Uh, I would say you know the North win over Dickinson might have been a little bit of a surprise and that's good to see they the the Spartans maybe not getting a lot of uh, pub as as some uh very impressive win West Fargo's had Minot's number here the last few years but to go out there and win and I uh actually caught a little bit of the replay of that game on uh on TV and Midco on Saturday and um you know Ant- Andy Gravdahl quarterback might be this might be his time to shine I mean where he's kind of played the backseat role to tyke in and some of these other guys Simone and some of these guys in the offense it's his it's it's his team to run now and he really looked he looked comfortable running that offense last week. And let's take a quick look at 2A before we take a timeout again. Head coach of the Fargo, Shanley Deacons, Troy Mather, on the way here on Prep Spotlight with Chase Miller and Brad Anderson on 740 The Fan. Double A, Brad, it's a it's a little different pie. where We're going <laughs> to hear more from Coach Mather about this, I know, but um, Fargo Shanley gets a win over Jamestown. Um, Devils Lake also moves down from 3A to 2A. There's only 10 teams. Every game counts from week one to the end of the season. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, six playoff teams, the top to get a bye so if you're number one or number two you only need one win to get to the Dakota Bowl which doesn't for a lot of people doesn't feel right may, might not seem right but that's where we are for the next couple years with two ways so um, Bismarck St. Mary's takes care of Grafton Fargo Shanley I think we kind of know some of the teams that were going to be good but there is a couple games out there in 2A2 that you might go ooh, this team might be better than another and one I think was maybe the Wapiton Huskies with how they performed against Central Cats yes that was one um, and it, it's a team that they were, they were a little thin in their upper classes the last couple of years, and it showed. And I think they knew they were going to take their lumps a little bit, but they were hoping, you know, to take that take that progression, take that step up. Uh, I was talking to talking to a friend of mine from uh, Central Cast that's girls in just just didn't play well, um, and they're they're going to be one of those teams I think trying to sneak into that top six with uh, really a very junior heavy class that Central Cast has played a lot of sophomores last year. But Wapiton looked strong with the win, and they'll uh, host Turtle Mountain. If there was another one, you kind of raised your eyebrow and went, "Hmm, Turtle Mountain taking it to Valley City like they did was." Uh, and I know you know Valley's a little short on numbers this year, um, but that was a very impressive win. So that sets up Turtle Mountain making the long trip down to uh, 
down to WAP on Friday night, and uh, you know, one of those teams is going to be out to a quick 2-0 start. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back on our next segment here on Prep Spotlight, Brent Anderson is going to have an opportunity to sit down with head coach of the Fargo Shanley Deacons. That is Troy Mather, and you're listening to Prep Spotlight here on 740 The Fan. Welcome back to Prep Spotlight here on 740 The Fan, 740TheFan.com, and our free mobile app as well. First edition, Chase Miller and Brad Anderson. And with us now on Prep Spotlight is the first-year head coach at the Fargo-Shanley Deacons, that is Troy Mathern. And Brad Anderson had an opportunity to sit down with Troy Mather and talk about their first win over the Jamestown Blue Jays and the transition from Fargo South to Fargo-Shanley. With Shanley football coach Troy Mattern, and uh, well, a, a well, still in the same city, but a, a new school as the uh, Deacons open up with a win over one of the uh, newest members of Double A football in the uh, Jamestown Blue Jays. Uh, first of all, coach had to be a little different being in a, on a different sideline to uh, to start, but uh, talk a little bit about uh, first off on the um, the transition to a to a new school, albeit uh, still uh, still in Fargo, but uh, a lot of opponents that are going to be uh, new to you. Yeah, no, the transition's been good, you know, but to be honest with you, August. 25th couldn't come fast enough and we needed to play so it was good to get that first game out of the way but uh yeah the, the kids have bought into everything we've done and you know bringing a lot of coaches over off the south staff it's made that transition pretty smooth to, to be able to get right onto the players and you know the coaches kind of know the expectations and the culture of what we want as a football program so from that standpoint it's been good but yeah you know anytime you uh you get you know a lot of unknowns that first game with Jamestown moving down and Shanley with a new scheme, new system. But I think all in all it went well, and we're proud with our proud of our performance. And you know we got a lot to build on moving forward as we go to Grafton Friday night. We'll get a little bit on the on the schemes and that type of thing later on. But just to recap, Friday got uh, got the early lead. Uh, sound like you left a few chances on the table there, and uh, Jamestown to their credit battled back and uh, had a chance. And you know that uh, that had a, had to be a feel in the last two three minutes like a playoff field. Defense had to make a stop. Pick up the offense and uh, and they did so it, it is and i think the biggest question going into the season was you know how mentally tough are our kids going to be in situations you know because these kids have been put in situations the last few years you know going back to the kinder game last year which which stands in the minds of many of these kids and you know it's kind of like oh boy here we go again but it was kind of the opposite friday night we needed to stop and these kids stepped up and we had playmakers step up but we couldn't be more proud of our defense uh, coach huber and his staff did an awesome job game planning you know with all those unknowns game one, but uh, they stepped up, made plays, and, and they really did carry us throughout the night. Yeah, defensively, Jamestown, pretty one-dimensional. I see they had 142 yards by the looks of it and a little over three yards of carry. And uh, Did you expect that from the Blue Jays, that you had to, had to probably key on the run? Yeah, we knew they had a young quarterback, and we knew they would be a, you know, a power-heavy team. And, uh, you know, give credit to our defensive line. We we were penetrating all night, and especially on pass downs and pass rush. Uh, D-line really got after it, and uh, we made a lot of adjustments and, and packages and blitzes that really worked, too, and kind of raised havoc amongst the offense. But, yeah, we couldn't be uh, more proud of the way the defense played in game one. As far as scheme-wise, uh, in talking to the kids and, and, and kind of learning something new, is it a lot of change from what Rod Oxendahl had there or uh, maybe just a few wrinkles here and there? No, I think from a scheme standpoint, we're, we're pretty much on the total opposite of the spectrum. You know, we're more of a maybe a one-back spread-out type style, and uh, we really do tailor our offense to the athletes that we have. And, you know, I think uh, just by stat-wise, you know, Caden Kuhneman threw 25 times on, on Friday night, which – you know, I know in the old Shanley with Coach Oxnell, he's more of a ground-and-pound type guy. So, you know, we're, we're a type of team that we're going to take what they give us. And, you know, if that ends up being throwing 15, 20, 25 times, we'll do that. But, uh, you know, we, we're a very athletic team, so we just got to find ways to get, get our kids 
the ball in different spaces, different spots. And uh, so I think if you're a, if you're a Shanley fan coming to a game, you're going to see a, a strike difference in, in the offensive scheme that we run. Yeah, Canaan, uh, 160 yards passing. Jake Cava comes back and uh, a solid game on both ends. Uh, eight tackles, uh, tackle for loss, and I know he was he was impressive at tight end last year, but I see he uh, he did uh, he did both uh, rushing and receiving on Friday. He did, and you know he's even a guy that we gotta we gotta utilize more than we did Friday night. You know uh, they took a lot away from him, but uh, you know we got to get him the ball even more than we did. Whether it's you know catching the ball, running the ball, and uh, you know we got a few packages in for him this week, just a week by week to get him the opportunity to t- the t- uh, get a few more touches. Because the more times he touches the ball, the better chance we have of of moving down the field because he is such a dynamic athlete. And and the nice thing about Jake is he understands our scheme and our playbook. I mean very well and and he's very impressive that way just because of his knowledge of the game well you come in with the with the new team and base i'm essentially a new class but double a definitely has a a new feel to it 10 teams no divisions everybody plays everybody it's going to be a a lot of miles a little bit of different i guess Um, your thoughts on how class uh, how how double a looks you know we're excited about the opportunity and i think most coaches that you talk to in double a are excited about the about the schedule and the teams that make up the class but and I think the biggest difference that we all have to get used to is is most times when you go into week one, it's a non-conference game. And, you know, for us, that, that week one is a big game for everybody, and it's a counter. And as every game counts on our schedule, moving towards the playoffs. But uh, I think that was the biggest thing is, is you just can't take those – you can't take those losses when they're, you know, early in the season because those games count. And, you know, the opportunity to play a team like Jamestown where the excitement was high moving down to double A, they returned a lot of kids off of – last year's team and and like we told our kids you know their record really wasn't indicative of how good they were uh, how good they were because you know the WDA was pretty good last year and uh you know Jamestown's going to surprise some teams this year they're very talented they're very physical and and uh, and I think we're going to get that from a lot of teams as we move through double A now I would imagine so uh, two uh, two road games here in a row starting with Grafton uh, this Friday and then you'll make that long trip to Watford City and I guess uh, hey you, you get it out of the way early and they got to come uh, come here next year so that's uh, you know that's probably not a bad thing you went through some long road trips uh, at South going to Williston and Dickinson and Bismarck and uh, so I mean you, you've got experience in how to how to deal with uh, deal with uh, the long trip and bus legs you know sometimes in high school football it's it's better to have road games just because the the team continuity and the and mm-hmm. the just high school kids being together and hanging with their buddies sometimes they kind of forget about the game until it's time to go so uh you know it's it's a good opportunity for us to go on the road and see new schools and new coaching staffs and scheme against you know other schools so we're excited for the opportunity and you know we have a lot of kids that have played a lot of varsity football so you know they know what to expect and they've they've traveled before so they know you know they know what they need to do to get prepare themselves for a friday night game you know whether it's traveling to wapiton or across the state i think our kids will be excited for the opportunity to play and and they'll be ready to go uh what do you know about grafton just basically off a film from from last week against st mary's uh we know they're a young team and uh but, you know, anytime you play a team at their field that, you know, it's their home game, it's always different when they, when they go on the road. So we got to be ready. You know, it'll be exciting for their home opener. And, you know, we can't really go off of what happened last week score-wise. You know, uh, St. Mary's had a couple big plays, and Grafton had a few turnovers what kind of spun the game early and kind of got out of reach. So, you know, that could go the other way this week. So, you know, the biggest thing early in the season for us is we just got to get better on our end. You know, we're working extremely hard to, to get better on the offensive and defensive side of the balls on our end and, and get better at w- what we do and then kind of, worry about our opponent as we kind of figure out who we're going to be as we move forward. Troy Mattern, head coach of the uh, Shanley Deacons. He'll be on the road here for the next two weeks and be uh, back at home with homecoming on Center with uh, Central Cast on September 15th. Appreciate you joining us here on uh, Prep Spotlight, and we'll, uh, we'll keep in touch, but thanks for the time. All right, Brad. Thanks for having us on.
Troy Mattern, head coach of the uh, Shanley Deacons, and uh, yeah, some interesting, uh, interesting comments there about uh, kind of just the landscape of two A and how how different it look, you know, how different it looked, and uh, adding some three A schools in the mix. It's two um, A is kind of a work in progress right now, and I think for a lot of teams and coaches involved, there's there's a lot of uncertainty. There's is this going to be a lot of new. It kind of reminds me of a Legion baseball when they kind of broke it up into a, a number of three classes and they're trying to get that middle class to see, you know, get the people that might be a little bit on the bottom end of one stick, but those that might be a little bit too high on the other end of one yes. stick and try to uh, have that mash and mix. But, Brad, we saw no one really go up from 1A to, to 2A. We, we saw people go down or, or stay the same. So we'll, we'll find out what happens. But I think that is definitely a class that's going to get tinkered with over the next couple of years for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, this was – I think probably admittedly a trial run by the High School Activities Association. Uh, they, they've, I think they had to do something with this class because there were schools that didn't belong there anymore, just had a hard time competing, you know, and th- really through no fault of their own, just, you know, with enrollments and maybe numbers, you know, it becomes a numbers issue that, you know, teams like schools like Lisbon and Maple Valley, Enderlin, and, and you know, even Kindred to a point. Kindred mm-hmm. probably could have competed in 2A, but uh, some of those – you know, needed to probably drop in or better fit in Class A at this point. And I would say tip of the cap to Watford City with all the travel <laughs> that you're going to be going through over the next couple of years. You, there yes. is no doubt about that. We're going to take a quick time out. We come back. We'll we'll highlight some of the games coming up this weekend across the Red River Valley. This is Prep Spotlight with Chase Miller and Brand Anderson on 740 The Fan. It's the final segment of Prep Spotlight here on this Wednesday evening. ESPN Radio is to follow. Chase Miller and Brad Anderson with you here on 740 Fan. And, Brad, let's get right down to it before the bottom of the hour. Here's some games you're looking forward to this weekend. I know you have one on our brother station, 104.7 Duke FM. It's Hillsborough Central Valley, a team that went from two-way to 1A, and they're going to be going up against Northern Cass. And that's also a region, when you start taking a look at 1A, that is very, very, very good. Uh, yes, when you add uh, two playoff teams from Class 2A, one that went to the semis, one that went to the finals, and and plus you have the defending region champs in there as well. Northern Cass was a playoff team. It is uh, it is murderer's row in that uh, in that region. The Burles look good as they disposed of uh, Parker over Fordville Lankin last week. Good win for the Jags. They went out and won at uh, Hazen. Uh, good mix of run and pass. Uh, were very good. They were around 50%, 7 to 14 on third down. Uh, Isaiah Osby. Stepping in at quarterback, had a nice game running and uh, throwing the football. Uh, Wrigley Elston was one of his favorite targets, and it that's a, a good test for both teams early on. You look at two uh, two two games in Region One in Class A chase. That game with the Jags and Hillsborough Central Valley that'll be on uh, Duke FM one hundred four point seven Duke FM Friday night, and then you have the defending the defending champs in Class A, Ellendale Edgley Colm, and their standout tailback Clayton Greenike at Kindred to take on the Vikings. That's another uh, another fine matchup there, and Kindred lost a lot both sides of the ball from that uh, from that state uh, state runner up team in two A. So they're starting over in some spots, but I think there's still there's enough there. They had enough depth last year that I think they they will they'll be in consideration for a for a playoff matchup. Uh, other matchups in North Dakota, obviously Bismarck West Fargo. That's that's a mm-hmm. big one, and we'll see how the Packers respond after a tough game in Minot. Then Cheyenne makes the trip out to Legacy, and we'll see if that that has the potential maybe to be a letdown game for Cheyenne after last week. But we'll see if and boy, if the Packers and the Mustangs win, that sets up a uh, 
dandy of a matchup uh, at Cheyenne the following Friday. And for Cheyenne, they definitely want to try to be the older brother. They're not the older brother in just terms of, of, of life over there, but they want to try to be going, okay, we, we can do this on the on the hard court. We can do this on the football field. We can do this on track and field. We can do this in softball. We're just as uh, established now, and we have our kids moving up through the system, and it'll be a lot of fun. Also, one game I'm kind of interested on is, you know, uh, Grand Forks or River at Bismarck Century. How does the Patriots come back after losing to the Mustangs? And you don't really say a Patriot team loses too often in their in their season opener. How are they going to come back from that? Then a big one, Minot High at Fargo Davies. Those could both potentially be some yeah. playoff caliber teams and maybe a playoff matchup uh, later in the year. This is a lot of fun to talk about. Prep Spotlight here on 740 The Fan and 740thefan.com. A couple more minutes left. And uh, Brad, as we move forward along here, we, we've hit a little bit on 1A. We've hit a little bit on 9 men in North Dakota, 2A and now 3A. Any favorites early on in one of these? Is it the, the 9 men? Is it the Thompson? the Cavaliers of the world, the North Prairies. You know, for 1A, what can Ellendale actually come? Can they recap and maybe win back-to-back? A double-A, you know, it's been Bismarck Century or Fargo Shanley for a number of years. And and in 3A, it, it, the Bismarck schools, but now Bismarck Century is kind of starting to get get on a roll here and win back-to-back. Is it still those kind of teams as we move forward, do you think? I think it has to be. I think uh, St. Mary's gives you no reason to think that they that they aren't, are not the favorites. And, and Shanley... Uh, Shanley's going to be talented, but they got a, th- a few things to work on—a different, uh, different offense, different style of things from what they've had in the past with uh, with Troy Mattern. And you definitely look at those two. Will there be a team like you know, will Wapiton maybe sneak up into that mix? We'll uh, we'll uh, see on that. Uh, Class A, uh, you know, Langdon's looked. I think is is really a team. They were very impressive last year. Uh, they bring a lot back. They had a convincing win at Lisbon last week. You know, I think they've got to be in the mix. In uh, they're probably the favorite up in Region Two, out west. Is it maybe you know Velva Sawyer, Bishop Ryan? I you know they won last week. You got Beulah that drops down to Class A. There's certainly uh, certainly a possibility in the West uh, as as well. Nine man, yeah, Thompson maybe a Winemere Lidgewood. I, I you got to think it's got to be somebody out of that Region One that's got to be looked at as the favorite right now. And again, we talked a lot of football in this half hour. <laughs> As we said, it's been a half hour that's been a quick, loaded show for Prep Spotlight. We'll try to get to some more volleyball, some more soccer, some more other stories that are happening up and down the Red River Valley. Uh, but Brad, early on here for, for volleyball, if you take a look at the volleyball hardcourt, we've got the East-West crossover. We're just getting teams really get into the, in terms of Class A, getting into their conferences. Uh, Class B, same thing. They're starting to get into their region. So early to tell, but is there any favorites from what you've heard or from what you've seen from talking to coaches or, or or fans across the region that might be uh this team might be the team to watch out for. You know, looking at the EDC, you got some interesting matches uh, tomorrow night. Valley City at Cheyenne, Valley City beat West Fargo. That was a little maybe a little bit of a surprise. And swept them. Yeah, swept. I think it was a 34-32 mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. one set. So that was a impressive win for the Highliners. I mean, Davies and Chanley are kind of your usual suspects there in the in the EDC, uh, they they won their openers, uh, but Valley City at Cheyenne tomorrow night is going to be interesting. Uh, Shanley at West Fargo, we'll see how the Packers respond after that loss and Shanley uh, winning uh, their their opening match. It went five against Red River last night, so that's uh, an early season uh, matchup there. Um, just one uh, quick thing: Minnesota football got some intriguing matchups. Spuds will take on Elk River tomorrow night, defending uh, state champs Class Five A. Tough test for the Spuds like they had with St. Michael last year to start the year. Monoman at Hawley, they haven't played for a few years. That should be fun. And then DGF in Barnesville Friday night. Uh, Trojans without Brady Treat, uh, Tweet in their standout running back, but 
Two teams that got to U.S. Bank Stadium last year in a great early season test. And again, on our brother station, 104.7 Duke FM, Friday night, Brad Anderson will have the call. Northern Cats at Hillsborough Central Valley for Class A football should be a lot of fun, and that will be at 7 o'clock for the opening kick. On behalf of Brad Anderson, I'm Chase Miller. We'll see you next Wednesday for edition number two of Prep Spotlight from 7 to 7.30 following the UND Coaches Show. ESPN Radio is next right here on 740 The Fan. I've got the move.